resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal soul in weakness, raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my Savior, ready to live in the big land. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal free from every imperfection. Youthful and happy, I shall be. Lost in victory. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed, never sad. There'll be no more sorrow. No, no more pain. There'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of this likeness. Ready to live. I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. When the last trump of God shall sound I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal grace All bursting saints are shouting Heavenly beauty all around I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Oh yes I'll have a new home Glory, glory With reading no God to stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my likeness. Ready to live I'll in the be land. glad I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. So glad to have you, friend. Well, folks, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, the greatest movement ever, because in him I find forgiveness, joy, peace, happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to talk about baptism. So let's do that. Let's talk about baptism. But first, a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Get this. Government officials within China have confiscated Bibles from churches in recent months and threatened fines as part of an intensified crackdown on Christianity in an effort to eradicate illegal publications. The campaign has tar targeted illegal underground churches as well as legal three-self churches which are registered with the government. 
One pastor says, if our Bibles are taken away, we have no more. We are thinking of, of asking our congregation members to hide them in mountains. In December, around 10 government officials raided a different three-self church in Yangya in search of pirated Bibles, either not printed in the country or printed at illegal printers. The pastor told them the church owned only legal Bibles, but the officials nevertheless seized 30 Bibles. According to a church co-worker, believers don't bring their Bibles to the church anymore, fearing the government might take them away. They read from the sacred text at home after each service, according to chapter numbers the preacher gives them during the sermons. Tough folks, tough indeed to live in China at this time. China government raids churches for illegal Bibles and threatened fines up to $1,400. We need to pray for our fellow brothers and sisters in China. Well, get this, folks. You won't believe this. A volunteer church secretary from New Jersey was arrested last Tuesday after she was accused, get this, folks, of bilking a local Baptist church of nearly $600,000 to pay for her car, rent, wedding, and thousands of online purchases. The church secretary was charged with theft by deception, computer criminal activity, misapplication of entrusted property, and other related offensive People put their hard-earned money in the church and really expect for it to be taken care of, the reverend said. It's very hurtful for the entire congregation, and we've been going through it for several months now. And what else can I say? It's very devastating. We'd like to believe that we as Christians are trusting. We put our trust in other people as well as in God, and sometimes that trust is misplaced. The church secretary allegedly left the church accounts in a negative balance 510 times in seven years and made 2,718 PayPal purchases, adding up to more than a quarter of a million dollars, plus 805 Amazon purchases, totaling more than $22,000. She wrote herself 181 unauthorized checks for more than $180,000. Woohoo, folks. Church secretary accused of stealing nearly 600000 to pay for car waiting, thousands of online purchases. Woohoo. Oh, my, 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 folks. Woo. What else can you say with a story like that? Oh, my. Oh, my. Well, now, get this, folks. This is a heartwarming story here. A 99-year-old Tennessee church member who has read through the Bible 60 times recently embarked on a 61st journey. The woman known as Miss Helen, members of her congregation, at the church at Station Hill in Spring Hill, Tennessee, began reading through the Bible 
the 61st time after learning of a challenge by Pastor Jay Strother, who urged church members to read through the Bible in one year. The Bible reading plan is part of Strother's The Whole Church in the Whole Word Challenge. I've been through the Bible 60 times, and I might as well make it 61, she said. The U.S. was embroiled in World War II the first time she read through the Bible. The challenge that year was read the Bible through in 42. She still attends the church services on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. When asked, Miss Helen, why do you still do it? She says, God shows me something new every time. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. 99-year-old has read through Bible 60 times. Might as well make it 61, she says. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. In 1643, John Campanaeus, Lutheran pastor and missionary to the American Indians, arrives in America. In 1739, on this day, Five slaves on St. Thomas Island, writing in behalf of 650 persecuted Christian brothers and sisters, address a letter to the King of Denmark telling of the violence they have experienced from white owners. Their owners also burn their books and declare that a baptized black is no more than kindling wood for the fires of hell. My, oh my, folks, what a sad history we have. And finally, on this day in church history, in 1905, death at Crawfordsville, Indiana, of Lou Wallace. If you don't know who he was, he was the author of Ben-Hur. The novel had been conceived on a train ride while arguing about Christ's divinity with famous agnostic Robert Ingersoll. It sold more than 300,000 copies in a decade, making it one of the best-selling religious books in the 1800s. And that's this day in church history. And now we have a good time with Name That Bible Character Segment. Here is your clue. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Here's your clue one more time. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? We'll reveal the answer to this clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of 
Name that Bible character. And now we have our study, so get ready, folks. Get your cup of coffee and get ready to discuss with me, and let's talk about baptism. But first, let's say a prayer together. Lord Jesus, help us as we walk through and discuss in a simple and a loving way the truth about baptism. And we just ask your guidance, Father, in the holy word that you have given us. What a gift it is that we can turn to your word. Help us to have open hearts, Father, and open minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, friend, grab you a cup of coffee, and uh, and if you don't like coffee, grab you some hot tea or cold drink, whatever it is, and let's begin talking about baptism. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 is always a good place, a good source for a discussion on and a talk about baptism. Then Peter said to them, let's read it together. And then Peter said to them in verse 38, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I have an amen, glory, hallelujah, folks. Amen, glory, hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful verse and simple stated. Simply stated. Well, we got a lot of uh, questions when we talk about baptism. Can I be a Christian without being baptized? Can I just say the sinner's prayer, wherever that may be? Can I receive the Holy Spirit without being baptized? Do I have to be baptized? Or maybe do I have to repent? Uh, Sometimes the discussions go even further. At what point in the baptism, what point in the water do we receive the Holy Spirit? There's all kinds of different questions that come out of all this. But the, it's the, these are the wrong question. The question that should be asked, why do you ask? The simple truth of the matter is that when Peter preached this message and as he was preaching to them, it says in verse 37 that they were cut to the heart by the gospel message that Peter preached and asked a question, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said simply, repent and let Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there was no arguing, there was no debate, and there was no philosophical wringing of the hands and asking all kinds of different theories and questions. They just did it. They only asked one question. What do I need to do? There was no more debate. No more question. They simply believed and they acted immediately. 
So what is baptism? Well, baptism is both an inspiration and a joy all through your life's journey in Christ. It's simply straightforward command in Scripture. And as we just got through reading in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, every since this moment in time, over 2,000 years ago, people tried to put a lot of spin on this subject of baptism, reimagining baptism, all different kinds of forms and modes. And some don't even do it at all anymore. But we're not and don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about what we do know. You see, friend, the book of Acts is the best source and explains why you need it and why you need to do it. First of all, it's an act of faith. The word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, and it means literally to immerse. It means to plunge under. Think of the word submerge. As divers submerge into the deep ocean, they wouldn't for one moment think that they were submerged if they had one hand above the water or one part of their body. They understood, and as well as we need to understand, baptism means to immerse, to fully submerge. And that supernatural act is placing us in Jesus Christ. Faith is the key. And the key question is, who do you believe? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? If you do, Peter's simple solution to this is repent, change your lifestyle, and be immersed. And any time in all of the book of Acts, any time a person wanted to become a follower of Jesus Christ, their first step of faith was to be baptized. And it was immediate. It wasn't delayed. They understood simply the message. And they simply acted. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says this, Then those who gladly received his word, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. So the first thing that we know about baptism is it's an act of faith. The second thing we want to talk about and understand about baptism is that it is a burial. That's what Paul talks about. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, that it represents and illustrates the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's that simple. It's not complicated at all. There's no theological debate in this subject. Romans chapter 6 in verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through Jesus, in Jesus, and through Jesus, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. Amen? When you, friend, are immersed, you are buried like any dead person. But when you come out of the water, 
you rise out of that water, you are made alive. You are spiritually being resurrected, a new creation, a new person, into a new life. Amen? Colossians chapter 2. Let's read it together. Colossians chapter 2, in verse 12. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12, buried with him, with Jesus, in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Amen? What a powerful verse that is. You can make an illustration here even more complete about baptism is you can think of baptism as a cocoon. We are as ugly caterpillars but transformed spiritually as beautiful butterflies. There's nothing magical in the water like there is nothing magical in the physical cocoon. But it's a metamorphosis, a spiritual, supernatural power at work in baptism. It's God's work. It is God doing the work, not man. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. So number one about baptism is it's an act of faith. Number two, it's a burial. And number three, it's a cleansing. Let's turn back, friend, to Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And you notice that there is two promises to this. Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Number one, why, Peter? For the remission of sins. And number two, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit outpouring of the Holy Spirit is the love of Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So you have forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Think of it as you are in need of a heart surgery. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need and desperately need heart surgery. A heart so evil through and through. Wicked. If you know you're going to die of a bad heart. Just changing your lifestyle. Changing your diet. Won't fix it. Won't fix the bad heart. Believing in the doctor himself. Won't help in any manner, shape or form. You got to have the right doctor. And the right doctor is the great physician, and his name is Jesus Christ. And you have to have faith to go and have the surgery performed. You've got to actually act and submit yourself to the great physician and believe. And it's that combination of faith, repentance, and baptism that produces a new heart, new power, new hope, a new 
powerful beginning. Ezekiel puts it this way. In Ezekiel 36, in verse 26, I will give you a new heart, he says, and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. And part of that is the cleansing of the power of baptism. Every follower of Jesus Christ is commanded to be baptized. Matthew chapter 28. In verse 19, he puts it so simple. It's so easy to understand. No one can be confused. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. So all followers of Christ are commanded to be baptized and tell others to do the same thing. Now, friend, I want you to get this, and that baptism is a lot like marriage. You don't do it Unless you truly love Jesus enough to say, I do. It's a lifelong commitment. Forsaking all others. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 13. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made drink into one spirit. Amen. So, friend, in conclusion, baptism is not something that you can avoid or delay or argue over. It is simply put, simply stated, easy to understand. Whom will you believe? Baptism is that pathway to new spiritual blessings, grace, forgiveness, hope, power, joy, peace, and being and connecting to God's family. Amen. So baptism is an act of faith. It's a burial. It's a cleansing. And it's a lifelong commitment. To our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's our talk about baptism. And now we have Name That Bible Character segment. Here was your clue. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Mount Hor. That's right, folks. Mount Hor. Numbers 33, verse 38. And Aaron the priest went up into Mount Hor at the commandment of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the first day of the fifth month. I am the mountain where Aaron died. What mountain am I? Mount Hor. In name that Bible character. 
Well, friend, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ. You can find forgiveness, joy, peace, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure if you're willing to repent and submit to him in baptism. Call upon his name and confess him as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Friend, if you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, stop by and visit with us at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ. But if you can't stop by, well, stop by our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, I want to tell you this. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you. I am so happy now, you may be asking how, nothing would keep me down because my heart is safe and sound, oh how my Lord was true, my Lord was true, even when life seemed, life seemed dark and no one could take from me, the gift that set me free, Jesus has given me his wonderful grace, you see, Jesus died for me, so song because I'm looking to eternity. Once I was lost in sin, no one would take me in. I was beyond repair and oh, my life was in despair. Oh, how my Lord was true, my Lord was true. Even when life seemed, life seemed dark and no one could take from me. No the gift that sets me free. Jesus has given me, given me His wonderful grace. Jesus, Jesus died for so me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. Jesus has given, given me, me His wonderful grace. Jesus, Jesus died for so me. So I sing this song because I'm looking to eternity. I am so happy now. So you may be asking how. Nothing will keep me down because my heart is safe and sound. Oh, how my Lord is true, my Lord is true. Even when life seemed, life seemed dark and no one can take from me. No one takes from me. Gift that set me free.